How do you feel about Cowboys? Dallas? I guess. I was thinking more uh, the men who roamed the American West. But if you want to talk about the Dallas Cowboys, I can. But my knowledge kind of stops at Troy Aikman and uh, Emmett Smith. When I was in Florida a couple months ago, uh, we stayed with my parents at their condo. And I hadn't really, like, stayed with my parents somewhere in a while. And the condo is obviously kind of small, right? So every night for the whole week, like, I'd be in the living room with my dad pretty much. Right. And – you know, we'd watch whatever like game was on, and then he's like super into westerns. Oh, okay. Like very like my grandfather was always big into westerns. He's very into westerns, and so my plan every night was okay. I'm gonna sit out there with him, but once we watch the game and he puts that on to like fall asleep, I'm gonna throw my earbuds on and watch whatever I gotta watch, like prefer pods on my iPad, right? So I bring my little iPad out, get my laptop. Inevitably. I always end up getting sucked into this fucking Western that was on. <laughs> and before I know it, it'd be like 12, 15. I'm like, well, I'm not going to start freaking takeover now. So let's go. I'll keep watching, you know, Bonanza, whatever it was on. It was never been, it was always like some, it was like Rifleman or something, but um, yeah, I mean, I could see why they were popular. Like it's easy to get sucked into the stories are simple, but you kind of want to see where it goes and you know, it's going to end like the, the Rifleman's always going to win, but it's like, sure. <laughs> or Marshall. That was the other one. I think he kept watching. Then there was like a movie one night I got into. So I'm like, God damn it. I kept getting sucked into them. And I'm like, I got to get the shit done. This is my free time. You ever watch Deadwood? No. Oh, you should. I, I only know, watched I, Westerns that were made in 19, <laughs> 1947. <laughs> like, like I know you, ha- I'm sure you have a docket a million like shows long, right? Mm-hmm. Of things you haven't watched. Right. But like Deadwood, man, it's like, uh, for me, like the best Western shit ever. And I'm not even that into it, but I'm like you, I'll get sucked into them. There's something about it that just, yeah, I don't know. It's like, a clip clop of the horse. Hmm. Hmm. The clip clop. I had mm-hmm. a math teacher once to tell me what goes clip clop, clip clop, bang, clip clop, clip clop, bang. Two horses banging. An Amish drive by shooting. Oh, that was his joke. So they have cones. I guess. I mean, why wouldn't they have guns? I don't know. I don't know if it's considered modern. Maybe they shoot arrows and say bang. Mm. I once had an actress. So like we we had this thing where she had to fire a gun like in the air, like kind of like hold like it, it was to start a duel. And she had to put the gun in the air and shoot the gun in the air. But we didn't have a real gun. So we're using a, a sound effect. Right. And in rehearsal, she would always say bang. Oh. And I had to keep saying, don't say bang. Right. Like, okay, just pull the trigger, don't say bang. And then she'd go bang. And on the night of the show, she would say bang. Why? She's saying bang when there's a gun sound <laughs> going off. That seems stupid. Yeah, she was dumb. Uh, she really came on to me, though, though. Mm. Now, maybe was, and. Maybe that was her flirting with you. Maybe. Uh, fucking up on purpose and making me. Well, angry. no, saying bang. Like, you know. Oh, bang. shit. It was a code. Yeah. It was code. You know, it's funny because, like, she's like, we did a comedy show after. And she pinned me against a wall and said, I will be nicer to you than your girlfriend. Mm. Yeah, I'd be. Bang indeed. Bang indeed. Uh, Now entering the Royal Rumble.
The, the short names of Vince are weird. I almost wanted to say Bartholomew Gun. Yeah, it doesn't work with his voice. Mm. Well, he doesn't. He doesn't actually say it when he comes out. He goes, "Here comes Bart." <laughs> you think it's short for Bartholomew? Or do you think it's something else? What else could it be? What could it be now? Who can it be now? <laughs> I'm, I, are you are you looking? Okay, what is the full name for Bart? Okay, there's a couple. Uh, Bartholomew, sometimes Barton. Barton. It's probably, this is probably Barton. Yeah, well, his last name is Barton. In real life. Oh, uh, that's for sure. I thought if I thought he, I thought you were going to say his name was Bart Barton. Bart Barton. Barton <laughs> is short for Barton. Uh, there's also Bartolomeo. <laughs> Mm. Bart is a German Bartolomeo. Dutch. Bart is a German Dutch and Ashkenazi Jew surname. Oh right, yeah. So was were were the guns Jewish cowboys? Um. Did they ever team with Barry Horowitz? <sighs> I'm gonna go with Barton. Barton Gun. It's for sure Barton Gun. Um, he sprints out in his jeans like really full force. Mm-hmm. These are the only guys I've ever liked watching in jeans. I hate jeans in general in wrestling. Yeah. But this was fine. They're cowboys, right? I don't, I'm not like, um, I'm, I'm not like a jeans guy anyway. I'm always impressed with the people that'll wear jeans to do things. Work in the yard. Oh, Like, yeah. do shit around the house in jeans. No. Just wear them around the house. Like, I never just wear jeans around the house. You wear... Do you wear any sort of pants around the house that are not like uh, uber comfortable? No. What's the point? Yeah. But I guess some, for some people, though, jeans are comfortable. No. Like they find that material. Like, again, that's where they were invented originally. Right? Well, they were invented for workmen, but right. also for they were meant to be like a comfortable <clears throat> thing to wear. But no, I never, I, just, I do not find them. I've never, even as a kid, I, I always hated them. To me, they always were like, I put them on to go out. But I never to do anything physical. I only wore jeans in starting in grade seven, and it was only because I got made fun of for wearing sweatpants all the time. Yeah, I'd be shocked. I don't know if I wore them much. Well, I mean, for, so for me, for school, we, I wore a uniform anyway. So, okay. but I, I doubt I probably didn't wear jeans too much before, like that age too. Right. When I worked at a gym, we actually had to enforce a rule for people to not work out in jeans. Yeah, I could see that. Like I see people on a treadmill in jeans. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, I don't get it at all. But these guys, again, cowboys, I can accept. Like, if a man had come in to the, the gym wearing cowboy boots, spurs, and a cowboy hat, I would have not enforced the gene rule. Right. I mean, he's just, that's just what he is. Or if his name is Barton. Right. Um, Barton jumps in here and is right after Owen Hart in 1994. He's number six. And they just start kind of rolling around. And I can't really tell who's trying to eliminate who here. No. No, the highlight is that kick we talked about in our last episode. Yeah, uh, where Quang just nails him with a sidekick, and yeah. he's still selling it when Diesel comes in, um, and kind of powers him to the floor with like a shove. So yeah, I, he's and uh, little trivia bit, he's Diesel's first victim on this run. <clears throat> yeah, it's just bad. It's tough timing for him. Like, if there's there's not much of a worse sign to come in than right before Diesel's about to kick off the monster push. So yeah, no chance. You're done. Um, I did enjoy his mustache, though. Mm, it's a solid mustache. I, I didn't mind that at all. Um, I'm at a one for presentation. Yeah, me too. Uh, one for work as well. As much as I didn't, I don't think he did anything crazy. I thought he had good energy. 
And the kick. He took that kick. I would agree with that. Uh, zero for effectiveness, though. Uh, agreeable. Lands him with a big four. Is he better than Scott Steiner 2004? Uh, no. Rikishi 2004? I guess not. Owen Hart, 1999. No. Uh, or Kama, 96. <sighs> God, Kama's fucking boring in 96. Yeah, I but... put, him, put him ahead of Kama. All right, even though Kama makes the final three or whatever? You said it. Kama's fucking boring in 1996. All right. He's in there for 16 All right. Minutes. Look, we got to give Barton a little bit of uh, juice here because this is as good as it's going to get for him. Mm-hmm. Imagine this is as good as it's going to get for him. Yeah, because a year later, he comes in at 24, and you would think he has, like, <clears throat> maybe a chance to do something because the field is so weak. And him and Billy are, like, a night away from winning the tag titles. They're back reunited. They're clearly about to be pushed as, like, the class of the division. He comes in right after his brother, so him and Billy are in there together. Uh, he goes at Mantar. A lot of time on Mantar is punching and waltzing around. And we get like nothing else because the backland stuff all happens during the stretch too. Yeah. He's, so we don't just, see him. Yeah. Yeah. Like when he was throwing hands at Mantor, <laughs> did you suggest, did you think that Barton was the toughest guy in the company? Well, I mean, he's slaying like a mythological creature. So that is true. Um, there's, there's so zero focus on him. And I find this is the, Watching this match, this is the hardest time I've ever had telling Billy and Bart apart. Um, yeah, they both had the mullets full on. It's like kind of swaying. And I feel like Billy's hair was wet, so it was a little darker. Did they have the tan jeans here? No, they were in blue jeans. Okay, that's good. The tan tan's already done. Um, yeah, he does try and shove out Luger. But, you know, we've talked about this in multiple rumbles before. And it's again here, like they don't really work together. You think they would work together more, but they don't. And then they start arguing like idiots and yeah. Dick Murdoch and Crush just throw them out. The fighting is so, str- their fighting is so strange because you don't see, like I, I'm really like, I mean, I really try to focus and I know you do too. I really try to focus when I'm watching it on like, okay, I'm watching Bart at all times. But right. all of a sudden out of nowhere, they're like going at it on the ropes. Yeah, I mean, no sense. Um, it's not like they're about to break up or they're, or that's even an angle. I mean, they're fighting the champions the next night, and this never goes anywhere. It just felt like they were doing it to, to do it. Like, it didn't really feel like a reason. Um, and given the weak field, having his partner in there, top tag team in the company, like, I would have expected at least a little bit more. Yeah, me too, <laughs> especially with this field. Um, I'm zeros across the board. Yeah, it's – uh. Not much to get excited about. I mean, I gave him one just for the presentation because he is the tag team champions. Basically, they're the top team. Him and Billy are in there as a unit, but beyond that, nothing. So he lasts six minutes, 19 seconds. So that gives him a score of one. Is he better than Savio Vega in 1998? Yeah, um, <laughs> I don't fucking. I guess not. Damien Demento, <laughs> 1993. No, fuck him. Damien's better. Animal 2006. No. Fatu 1996. 
Fatuda's uh, eliminate Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's right. Even if it was by accident, by Doesn't the way. Doesn't matter. <laughs> we have not called out. Uh, at least, I want to thank everyone. Yeah. It was a few episodes ago. Uh, I think at least four or five of you reached out in, in a nice way to let us know that um, Fatu eliminating Austin was an accident. Austin had too much oil on or whatever and slipped. And he was <laughs> supposed to make the final four um, that year in 96. But. Yeah, when I was watching for our next guy, I was like actually looking at it quite attentively, and you could see him reach up for the ropes and right, not grab it. Is, yeah, yeah. Um, look, you could put him below Fatu, but you are not putting him below Tenru nineteen ninety four. All right, that's fine. Yeah, well, it's a fucking crying shame that Tenru nineteen ninety four is at two hundred and fifty three, and Bart Gun ninety five is at two fifty two. It's yeah. I mean, there should have been more hair from him. It's it's a rough showing. Oh, I'm not talking about Bart Gunn. I think Tenru is way too high. <laughs> <laughs> now he's gone. So so Bart Gunn is gone. He's not there in '96. I guess he's in the tag scene. But right. Well, does... they fight. They they have a title match on the undercard in '96 against the Bucks. Right. Honest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he's back in '97, coming in at number six. Um, and again. N- not great timing to come into this thing. No, it's just like 94. He comes out during the Austin rush, yeah. and he doesn't even get anything in this time. <laughs> like, no. he, I mean, he gets thrown out right away, pretty much. He had just been starting his solo run after him and Billy split in the in uh, November and uh, October. And that's well, this is pretty much it. It's funny. You think it's nothing, but, like, he comes in just as Austin is stunning the shit out of Phineas. Right. And um, he's a bit of a different jog. He's not running as fast. But he does get some shots on Austin and hits a rocker dropper on him. Mm. How fired would he have been if he broke his neck? It's a ballsy risk. Why not just do a clothesline? Yeah, no kidding. Um, And then, like, so Austin also, like, he throws Bart into the ring, uh, into the ropes. And Barton jumps. And then Bart kind of gets stuck between the second and third rope Mm -hmm. in a kind of really interesting little spot. Then he stands up and Austin just clotheslines him out. But I think it's kind of cool – that he's he's part of these two monster runs. Right. Which is odd. But I'm still zeros across the board for this. Yeah, he doesn't do anything. We're going by time? Always. Okay, so he is the 255th best Royal Rumble appearance of all time. He's going to sandwich between one spot ahead of him is the, go- uh, the Good Father from 2001 at 14 seconds. And one spot below him is Virgil 94, 32 seconds. Okay. I think that's fair. Yeah. Uh, before we talk about our next guy, you want to tell us what's going on on the North-South Connection Podcast Network? Yeah. Uh, all kinds of content. Every day we got Canoso daily rocking, going through the history of DWF pay-per-view and science submit event with a different voice every day, plus tons of other evergreen and modern-day wrestling content coming at you, all different kinds of voices. Uh, all of them hit the mark consistently. It's a lot of fun content. I uh, really would appreciate it heading into the summer here. If you take a moment, spread the word. If you, I'm sure everyone out there listening has a friend that's a wrestling fan. Take two seconds, text them right now, and say, hey, you should check out these really cool podcasts. We'd appreciate it. It helps us keep going, keep things moving along. North-South Connection. Yeah, all of our contributors have been killing it since the start. So give mm-hmm. them some love. Give them support. Even if you hate JT and I. Lots right. of other people to support, and uh, thank you all for everything you've done to help make this successful. Now entering the Royal Rumble. Oh, 
We finally have a potential contender. It's here. It's been a long time since we've had a contender for anything important. He's here. Uh, he's big. He's cool. He's big, Daddy Cool. That might be the worst call of all time that Vince did. But he does come in here. At number seven, he's a bit of an afterthought as he comes out. Because he was obviously tied quite a bit to Sean. Yeah. At number 793, he helped Sean retain against Mr. Perfect. They were obviously transitioning Perfect to Diesel because they feud on the house shows after that. Perfect Vamoose right after that because he, he knows he's circling the drain. He's gone by the Perfect Tag Tag Jupiter tag in before he, the match tag out before the match even begins. <laughs> he's gone. Sean gets suspended. So suddenly here we are in September of 93 and Diesel's kind of aimless. He makes a team of Survivor Series, but after that, He's kind of got nothing going on. Sean's back, so he's back with him. But Sean's feels like when he comes back, he's just like instantly more focused on like the stuff with Razor and the kid. Diesel doesn't feel as integral to the package anymore (laughs) as he had. Um, So he comes out here. And I don't know if the rumors are true, right? I know it's, I don't know how substantiated it's been that he was potentially looking at as to be like a cap casualty at this point. Like right. they didn't know if he was going to stick around. He may get turfed if, you know, Sean doesn't need him or he's just kind of aimless. So he comes in and maybe the story's not true because I feel like if you have a guy that's about to be fired, why would he get to do this run? Right. It's not like the pop saves him. It's the push. So right. they obviously saw something. So maybe it's the last, gasp i don't know but he comes in he's cleaning house immediately yeah and and it's interesting because when he comes out it's kind of only light booze like he, it's not like he comes out super over either as a face or a heel it's kind of like a tepid heel right. reaction and i would say even at this point too he doesn't i mean like he doesn't look like the diesel we know right you know like he's still a bit it, he looks almost a bit thin like it's all that one color he's wearing He's got the uh, gel, the full gel mullet. Yeah. Uh, DiBiase declares, he, DiBiase goes, he's almost as big as, uh, as, big as I am <laughs> if I'm standing on my wallet. <laughs> and, um, amazing mullet. And you're right. He goes after everyone. But I feel you can tell he's like a little not comfortable in the role yet. There's something kind of like right. almost off with his body movements. Uh, but right away, he, he, um, he powers poor Barton out immediately. Oh, yeah. And then he throws Scott. Then he throws Owen. Yeah. And the Owen one gets a massive pop. And that always surprised me at the time because he just got this major. And we talked about this when we talked about him, but he got this major push earlier in the night and he's thrown out within minutes. You know, but again, they were kind of baked in because they couldn't have him out there when Brett's out there. And then there's not much else of a window for him to get much of a run. So. Right. Yeah, I, I, at first I thought you were surprised about the pop. The pop makes total sense. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a cool moment. And then he throws Quang out, and he's standing alone. The crowd is kind of shocked, but they're kind of into it. Yeah. Out comes Bob Backlund. Yeah. He almost pushes Diesel out. And this could have been 
one of those for the, yeah. the stories, right? Where like a guy could have been eliminated. Well, it wouldn't um, have done. I mean, the only thing here is it really wouldn't have changed. Well, it would have changed a lot. We'll talk about later, but like it wouldn't have changed the winner at least. But no, but it could have altered his course of this push. Of course. Yeah. Um, this is some interesting foreshadowing here that it's him and Backlund. Like, yeah, kind at of this book point, ends the year. Yeah. They have no idea here, right? Like, no, no. I mean, Backlund's probably with him on the fucking chopping block at this point. But this uh, is going to headline MSG, <laughs> right, for the title. Yeah. Um. So he almost knocks out Diesel, but Diesel hangs on and then chucks Bob. Uh. Then he just kind of stands in the ring waiting for the next challenger, who's Billy Gunn. But he meets Ted, the same fate. Yeah, and Ted does a great thing of like, I, I, I don't know. How, what are your thoughts on DiBiase as a commentator on this thing? I think he's okay, but I don't. He's like a step behind what we're used to. I, I never minded him, but yeah, he's just, he, you could tell he just hasn't had a lot of reps at it. So he's That's like, but he does, yeah, he does a great job here being like, I've never seen anybody control the ring like this. Yeah. He's all in, like he's all about his dominance. He's laughing. You can feel the confidence grow in diesel. You can feel DiBiase's pumping him up. The, the cheers to start to come in a little bit more because it's so cool. Virgil I, comes out next and it's the I same. Love the, yeah. I love that they make him wait. To- <laughs> Yes. They make him wait. They'd never done that before where a guy's just waiting for the next person and waiting with the exception of that, like one little flare moment in 92. But that was completely right. different. It wasn't a dominant thing. It was like, yeah, flair was barely surviving kind of thing. Right. Just a guy waiting for the next victim. So he destroys Virgil. And at this point, it's like an amazing show. He's just killing everyone. Yeah. Um, and the crowd was going nuts. I mean, I was there again. You know, the crowd is going bad, bad shit. The hit parade slows when Savage comes out. It's done. And, and it's a big spot, though, because he's on a hot run. He gets all these eliminations. And now he's got a solo match with Savage in front of a red hot crowd. So, like, yeah, him destroying guys is over. But, like, this is equally as big. Like, this of is. Of course. Is he going to look strong? Is Savage just going to end his night? Um, but he withstands the, initial, withstands the initial rush of Savage. And DiBiase says at this point, he's already thrown out seven guys, which is crazy considering how long he had been at this point, like barely any time. Um, So he rests a lot as Savage kind of takes control. So you could tell he's kind of regaining his bearing. Savage fights Jarrett and Crush. Well, Um, it's it's interesting that like (sighs) Savage is about to get Diesel out and Double J saves Diesel. Right. Which is a stupid, stupid move. Well, they did work together earlier against Undertaker, so maybe he felt like uh, he had his back. I I also would be remiss if I didn't mention how much more he grew in DiBiase's esteem when he throws Virgil out. Oh, yeah, he loved it. Ah, He's, like, laughing it up. Um, And I I like that, like – so it's kind of a weird discrepancy because, like, I find that there's there's this balance that Diesel has here where it's like when Savage is fighting someone else, he's just resting. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's his turn. On one hand, I don't love that, but I love that Savage, the second he's done with that guy is back all over Diesel because he sees the importance of getting Diesel out. <clears throat> and I don't blame Diesel needing a rest considering the like what he just went through. Like, I mean, it's fine to catch your breath and reset yourself. Sure. Yeah, yeah sure, sure. So uh, he works with Crush a little bit um, on Savage and it pays off because Crush throws out Savage. So that team up was big. But the second that Crush tosses Savage, Diesel jumps him from behind, which I think is a nice touch. Right. But then they work again together against, against Doink. Doink. Um, and then there's the great moment as Bigelow comes in 
and they part the sea for him. They kind of just open the ropes. They let I Bigelow come that. in, and they invite him in to destroy Doink. And this is something also you don't see in a lot of Rumbles, which makes this one unique, is you never see this seg- segment with like three or four monster heels just dominating the ring. Yeah. They have no association. It's like it's a team or a stable. No. It's just three asshole giant hosses just wrecking shop for like five or ten minutes. Yeah, and I love – like it's like – they end up fighting each other eventually, but I love for that one minute minute that they know that Bam Bam hates Doink. Right. So like, go ahead, sir, take care of him. You can have him. Yeah, and then it becomes these just these three big dudes just clubbing each other. And he doesn't slow down from there. I mean, he goes at Mabel, clobbers him. He withstands some avalanches, keeps coming at Mabel, feeding off the push, feeding off the the you know crowd. Um, DiBiase is still selling him. He's still saying like, I don't know how we're going to get him out. It seems impossible. Like, yeah, he's going in hard. Um, Diesel joins the party to try and throw a crush out. Uh, and then Mabel, but not making much progress. And then out comes Sean. And you kind of figure this big thing's coming because they greet each other. Diesel kind of stalks him, but Sean gets him to shake hands and you figure, okay, now they're going to run amok for a while. But instead, Mabel and Bigelow attack Diesel as Sean baited him in, and the whole ring gangs up and throws him out. Sean kind of gives a little nudge. Does he? Because I was lo- I was really trying to see it, and I rewound it. Like I know he certainly doesn't help him, but the right. camera shot doesn't allow us to see what Sean's doing. I think the intent was that he kind of was slow to get there and maybe gave a little bump. Yeah. I mean, Vince says it. He goes, oh, right. Michael shoved him out. But I never got to see it. I don't think I'm- it was a shove. Yeah, it might have been like a, a nudge. Right. Um, it's like so when it, the, it's the Dino Bravo move when they're eliminating Earthquake. Right. Well, Dino, uh, okay. arms up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Diesel then gets this big standing ovation as he's walking back. And even he was shocked. And I remember it in the moment, like the groundswell as he's leaving. And I remember him stopping and kind of looking around and put his fist up. And it was like out of nowhere. And I was always a Diesel fan. Um, anyway, I just liked him him and Sean. So I was like excited about it. I was like, Oh, cool. And it's, it's a complete legendary outing. I mean, every rumble push from here on out was always known as the diesel push. The crowd reaction potentially saved his career. And even if it didn't, it definitely springboarded him, you know, like without this moment, I don't know if we get to where we get like, no, he's not champion by the end of the year. Yeah. I mean, this was such a big part of it. And he worked hard. Like, he had a lot of purpose and energy. He made it count. Yes, he had that little lull to gain his breath, but then he was active after it. So well, and it's a real and, classic outing. Yeah, and he does a lot of really cool little character things, too. Yeah. Like, the, I, I know it seems stupid, but, like, like the second crush tosses Savage, he's on him. Right. Like, he, he's in it, like, mentally, too, which is cool. He's in there for almost 18 minutes. He mm-hmm. eliminates seven guys. He has the most eliminations in this Rumble. Uh, I, I agree. It's a legendary performance. I'm I ding him a tiny little bit for presentation, so I'm at a seven for presentation. The reason being that I'm at a seven instead of a, a little bit higher is that hit the it's when the push happens during the match, but also the people he throws out mm. are all scrubs. I don't and, care. But I was just I was weighing it against someone like so I was looking at it kind of the same way I looked at the Sid. Uh, mm-hmm. push, which I think is actually quite similar. Sid eliminates six guys and it's not the same, but it's similar, but Sid eliminated all the top guys and I went eight with him. Yeah. So I, that was kind of the deciding factor, but I'm close to an eight, but I'm at a seven. Yeah. I went eight. Um, it's just like to be where he was on the card. 
and then do this. Like he's just presented almost perfectly on this night. You know what I mean? Like because you believe it, you buy into it, and the crowd buys into it when none of it should have ever worked or happened. <laughs> like given where he was. Did so, you buy into it that he could have won? I'll tell you, like maybe not won, but been there at the end. Like as you're watching this, would it not have been crazy at the final four is Sean Diesel, Brett and Luger? No, it wouldn't have been. I just, you know, I, what I what I needed more of, and it's weird because this is ultimate nitpicking, right? Obviously, I'm in agreement. This is an all-time performance and whatnot. But, like, I needed him to throw out Savage. You know what I mean? Or or right. someone of, of consequence. And then and that would have kind of got me a bit more on board in terms of my belief for, holy shit, they're serious about this guy. Yeah, I mean, you needed Crush to dump Savage for the story. But yeah. I'm sure they could have found someone. <laughs> Even if he had dumped Crush right after. And then had the crush right. run, but but then again, I, I actually don't know if he needed to be in there longer. Like this is no, I think enough. it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's his rumble. You know, like that's the other thing. Like when you think of '94, the '94 rumble, you're thinking of this. Yeah, the only the only caveat to that is that it does get a little bit. It rem, it actually reminds me a lot of the Hell in the Cell with Foley and Taker in the moment. Hmm. Like I remember when I when I when that pay per view was done. We were like, holy shit, Austin lost the title. Right. And I think like I now for me, this is more memorable. But I think the tie at the time, too, was probably like, whoa, a tie in the rumble. Yeah, but the diesel push is what you were thinking of. Now, yes. Yeah. So it's his rumble. Uh, creativity, I gave a six. I know it's like a lot of punching, but. God, like, I feel like outside of a little lull, he just worked his ass off. He was involved in everything. Like you said, he's mentally in there. He's constantly on the go. He's doing some different stuff. The sneering, the facial expressions when he's standing alone. The little stuff with Sean when he stalks him into the corner and then they do the handshake. Um, I just thought he had, like, a lot of cool little touches. Yeah, I was at a four until we were talking through it. But even when we were talking through it, I was like, before I was like, I was bordering on five. So I bumped it up to a five. But yeah, I really like the. Like for me, it's the it's the idea of doing this push. I think he does well with it. But on top of that, I love the character stuff he does. So that that was what pushed up to mm-hmm. a five for me. Uh, effectiveness to give an eight. I mean, the only thing he could have done differently is win or been like a main event level guy. But everything else, I mean, seven guys, and he eliminated those seven guys in like under ten minutes. Uh, uh, like got, in like five minutes. Right. You get the Sean stuff, the push forever named after him. Like like I don't know what more. You could have done like to be effective here besides win the match. Well, and in the end, this is the launching point of one of the biggest stars of the 90s. Yes. Yep. That right? too. Like, I, so I mean, like, right. Does, does the NWO ever happen without this match? Yeah. Like, the, the, like we talked, like, let, let's, let's assume for a moment the rumors are true and he was about to get fired. The whole landscape is completely different. Right. If this, if this, if this doesn't save him. So yeah, I'm also an eight for effectiveness. Just an all time performance. So that's going to land Diesel 94 with 42 points, uh, tying him for the second place with a bunch wow. of others. So yeah. let's let's kind of see what it's up against. Let's start at the bottom. Is he better than Shawn Michaels 1996? Yes. Here's an interesting one. Is he better than The Undertaker 2002? I'm going to say yes. Me too. I think it's more memorable. 
it's a more important thing as much mm-hmm. as I enjoy. I, I think I might enjoy the Undertaker one more. Right. Is he better than Shawn Michaels 2007? God damn. Um, I feel like the Shawn 07 was a little disappointing compared to the memory of it. So you're but, actually, you're actually higher on Shawn 2007 than you are on this. Yeah. And I'm lower by one. You're higher by one and I'm lower by one. I'm okay if you want to go higher. Okay. I'll do that, but I think it stops. I don't think it's better than Hogan 89. No. The mega power stuff is too big. Yeah, okay. All right. So, my friend, holy shit, it's been a long time since mm-hmm. we've had something crack the top 10. An even longer time since we've had something crack the top five. And Diesel, 1994, is currently coming in as the fourth best Rumble appearance of all time. <clears throat> I don't think that's crazy. I, I think it's what you would expect. I mean, this this isn't – this project isn't about, like, the biggest stars or biggest names. Yeah. Um, winners, champions. Like, it's about who has the best performances in a Royal Rumble match. Yeah. And when you think of that long term – Diesel is still the guy that comes to mind. Like when you think of big pushes in the rumble and you name, you ask any wrestling fan that would know, right. I'm not saying like any jabron off the street, like someone that knows about wrestling, right. Diesel's going to come up. They're going to say, Oh, diesel 94. So it's synonymous with it. And when you think of all the downstream ramifications of his WF push, potentially the NWO, like all the stuff that happens because likely of this moment, it's a so much impact. So I think it's very fitting to be in the top five. Would you have guessed at the start of this project that like of our top four right now, only one of them is a winner? Um, I might have because oftentimes the winners right. are, are late in the match and they don't like, you know, have a lot to do. <laughs> so they, they still represent well, but like a guy like Yokozuna 93, like it's a pretty good showing. But he just wasn't in there long enough and whatever. Right. Like, so, so he gets dinged on work a bit, you know? Like. Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, we say that all the time with anyone who comes in late. Like, they always get kind of screwed on the scores. Right. Right, right, right. Well, that's an interesting one. It's going to change our top ten. We'll, we'll say goodbye to somebody later uh, as we go through it. Uh, but Diesel's not done. He's back. He's not there in 95. So he's fighting Bret Hart for the title. But in 1996... Now, he came in 7 and 94. 96, he struts in at number 22. And I would say a massive reaction on the diesel horns. And it's a weird juxtaposition because I don't know if you, you've noticed this lately. But when he came out, I got the sense that, like, all the dumb babyface shit is gone. Like, yeah, the, oh, the yeah. way... The way he was walking was like, oh, like, okay, this is the Diesel again. But there's a goddamn bookmark earlier in the Rumble with Diesel kind of leaning on something next to Todd Pettengill. And I haven't watched that promo in a while, but I'm going to guess it's pretty um, cringe-inducing. Yeah, I don't remember the specifics of it, but he's on point. I mean, he's repurposed as a tweener. His swagger's there. Yeah. Uh, you know, the ring is completely thinned out except for Sreddy Sean when he comes in. Um, 
There's not a ton of top talent. So it feels like he's a key favorite to yeah. potentially win this outside of Sean. Well, I mean, I think the I think the obvious choice is Sean here. I remember it being obvious at the time. But like if if not him, it's Diesel. Uh, yeah, right, I mean, this one two for sure. Yeah, right away grabs Tatanka and throws him out. Yeah, doesn't wait for anything. Um, great way to make an impact and keep his Rumble's legacy strong, right? Because after '94, yeah. he's known for just throwing guys out. It's what he does. And then he and Sean kind of go back to back and bump into each other, and they look at each other, and Diesel says "fuck it" and punches him. Yes, yes. Uh, but he does. He watches his back throughout the whole thing. Yes. So. That's fine. Um, but it's it, I get the sense that he's not going to get fucked over by him again. No, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. He's helping him, but he's leery about it. Um, for sure. So he's not trusting anyone at this point. Uh, throws a lot of strikes and chokes, working with Kama. You know, we talked about this when we did Kama, when we did Godfather, but yeah, him and Kama spent a lot of time in this one. Um, as Kama's trying to throw him out, it says main nemesis in the corner for a while. Uh, Diesel beats up Horowitz when he comes in, but then he's right back to Kama. With with Horowitz, he doesn't even wind up on his punches. He just kind of like pops him in the face twice. Right. Um, and right before he ties up with Horowitz too, he fucking grabs Triple H and throws him out of the ring. Yeah, oh yeah, like bad move by Triple H to go over there and touch him <laughs> because <laughs> he just flicks him out with ease, just effortless. Like it was a really good looking spot. Um, he then goes over to the ringmaster. They hang by the ropes and just missing some of that drive from 94. Like you can tell he's playing it a lot cooler here and yeah. maybe it's a strategy thing, right? Like he's trying to let the match come to him, but it, it makes it a little bit more boring as he's just kind of dealing with guys as they come to him. He fights Yankum, he fights ringmaster, fights Janetti. I do like that. Like Austin clip, like nails Michaels with a clothesline and does his pose. And then diesel kicks the shit out of him for it. Right. Just punches him. Uh, he may have money stays grounded, kind of whittling down. Uh, he works with Kama. They throw Drosy, then goes back to Kama, um, knocks Kama out. And then as he turns around, eats sweet chin music, and his night is ended yeah. as Sean wins the Rumble. Uh, but we got some post antics too. So he's stalking off, <laughs> slugs bull, poor British Bulldog in the aisle for no reason. Yeah. I love that he takes all the aggression out on the Bulldog. <laughs> <laughs> he was just standing in the aisle. Yeah. Um, and then he and then he stands over him and tells him to get the hell out of here. Right. Which I like. And I love the whole time he's doing that. Doc Hendricks is trying to get a word with him. Yeah. Yeah. So Doc, he complains to Doc. Well, he turns to Doc and he goes, I don't know why he says it's a Doc. He goes, the only reason you're living and breathing is because I'm allowing it. I think he was saying it. To, uh, I don't know. I, I think he was. <laughs> he was tired. <laughs> I, I think maybe he was saying it to Sean. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, it's just he said it to Doc and didn't say, like, the only reason he's, he said right. you. Like, yeah, I think he was, like, almost talking to Sean, though. I think that's why. But maybe yeah. not. Maybe it was Doc. Uh, but then he gets, he's an aggravated, so he gets right back in the ring. Sean he is stares stripping. down Sean. Yeah, Sean's getting naked. Yeah. Um, but then Diesel gives him the big jump and high five and leaves. But then as he's leaving, he's hanging in the aisle for a while. And Undertaker comes out for his match. And they start arguing in the main event. Before oh, the main yeah. event. And that leads to Diesel later in the night interrupting and costing Undertaker the title. Do you think that that high five was like kind of like a mini little torch passing? Diesel to Sean? Um, yeah. I don't think it's a good warrior, but like it's almost like your turn now. 
Maybe. I think it's just like a, you won this round kind of thing. And then he's going to kick the shit out of him after WrestleMania. So Yeah, I mean, it's not like they're done, so. Yeah. Uh, good, good showing, though, for him. Runner-up. He lasts almost 18 minutes. Eliminates four guys. Yeah, almost um, uh, almost the same exact time as 94. It's like 10 seconds off. Yeah. Um, but but in a yeah. lot of ways, like, so I, I like, I don't like the, I don't think his character stuff is as on point as 95, as 96. Sorry, as 94. Well, 94. Mm-hmm. But I do think he's a bit more active, except when he's with Kama. Yeah, and his presence and his status is great, too. Like, he's dominant, throwing guys with ease. Uh, you know, a lot of time was spent in the corner. Not a lot of spotlight spots. It's just a lot of time doing nothing with comma. But in the stats columns, like he showed well. And it was and you know, watching it, like it's not a lot for him to do. So he's yeah. presented strong. You get a lot of big angle stuff, but it definitely felt like he was coasting, except for when he had to hit the marks. But then, then he, he hit had them. To hit. Yeah, like I mean, he he got to be the one to eliminate the Iron Man. He yep. was the runner up, you know. Um he threw it to Tonka, which always makes me happy. Um, and, and he had a, a completely different aura. Like I mentioned in the last one that like, he wasn't quite comfortable. He's so comfortable. Like now he's Kevin Nash. Right. You know what I mean? Like now he's a main event level star. I don't even think he was a main event level star when he won the belt from Backlund. Right. No, no. Here he's a superstar. Yeah. 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 So I went seven on presentation. Uh, absolutely seven. I'm at a three for work. I thought it was a touch below 94 in creativity, but I still liked it. I thought he was good. Actually, him a two. I just all that standing around with comma. It even his big stuff was just strikes. I mean, like he didn't really right. do much at all. So, but I mean, that's kind of what his run was in the first one too. Yeah, but it, I don't know. It felt different. Yeah, I, I agree. It felt different. Uh, I'm at a five for effectiveness. He was the runner up. He did eliminate four guys, and the post match stuff is interesting. He sets up his feud for Mania, and it works with Michaels winning and going to win the belt. So there's a lot set up here. Yeah, it was definitely effective. Five as well, just based on the taker stuff alone was worth it. Yeah. That lands him at 29 points. Jesus Christ, he's doing all right. Mm-hmm. Is this better than Ted DiBiase, 1989? Uh, probably not. Randy Savage, 90. Probably not. The Undertaker, 93. That one feels it's similar. Yeah. But he feels like a more important part of the match. Yeah, I think it's above that. Yeah. Okay, that's good. So that lands Diesel 1996 as the 29th best right. Royal Rumble appearance of all time. So four and 29 out of the gate. Yeah, that's strong. Yeah, which is which is very strong. Uh, now, I never would have imagined that we would get another Diesel specific run. <laughs> right. <laughs> this has to be one of the biggest gaps between Rumbles, right? 96 to 2011? Yeah, that's 15 years. That might be. It's got to be up there, if not yeah, the biggest. For sure. For sure. Um, I'm eternally grateful to the 2000, whoever set up the, the the network that there's a bookmark for his entrance into the 2011 Royal Rumble at number 32. Because the only doing, number 32 ever. Ever. Well, no. No, there's another one. Is there? Well, yeah, the greatest Royal Rumble had 50. I don't count that. Yeah, you shouldn't. It's garbage. But um, I think, do they, do they count that for their records, though, right? On this show, we are not. I'm telling you now, we are not doing the greatest. <laughs> but I, I won't either. I'm happy to not do it. Yeah. But I think Daniel Bryan's like the all-time like Iron Man because of that. Whatever. Yeah, it's stupid. Um, but yeah, like, okay. 
there's no way they're bringing back Diesel, right? Yeah, it was it was cool that they did it this way. Um, obviously, he had been in as Nash. You know, he came back in 03. Yeah. But he's hurt. Well, he came back in 02, but he's hurt, I think, during the 03 Rumble. I guess when he uh, was still out with the Torn Quad. So right. this is his first time he's around for a Rumble. Yeah, it's, I think it's cool because they have the old theme, the old look. Yeah. It gets a, like, it gets a huge pop. Like, the crowd huge. is pumped. This is, like, a, one of the great all-time Rumble surprises. So he's just so synonymous with the Rumbles. Um, not only one of the greatest runs ever, but also now, like, one of the greatest surprises ever. Cole hypes up 94, which is cool as he comes in. Striker drops a holy shit. Yeah, it was just really neat. Um, yeah. he had been in TNA, like, pretty recently before this. Oh, yeah, the, the year previous for sure. Yeah. It almost it, it makes me sad that we never got a Razor Ramon entrance like in this right. era. Yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah. Um, everyone feeds for him. He's moving around and mowing through guys. He gets talked up like a big addition. Um, it's cool atmosphere too. Is the crowd's into him. He's fighting Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. Yeah, Barrett and John Cena. <laughs> yeah, it's such a weird mix. Um, he actually takes a six one nine. Yeah. Huge. Uh, Huge yeah. let's go diesel chant. <laughs> yeah, he gets too. back up and the crowd is chanting for him. The focus is on him. Um, and then he hangs on until Barrett throws him out to some booze. And then he gets another horrible standing ovation as he leaves. Yeah. Uh, and then another like standoff in the aisle. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was great. Um, it was an awesome moment. The crowd was super into it. It's memorable. He looked good. It felt like a big deal. Like, it was a good addition. It was, it was a really cool one. This is, you know... If only this was his only appearance in 2011. Right, right. You can see why they brought him back later, though. Of course. Yeah. But, like, God, you got to learn from these mistakes. But uh, this has got to be up there as one of the greatest surprise entrances, right? Yeah, it's it may be. Yeah, it's it's up there. I, I what, what would be better? I don't know. I was trying to think, so I didn't want to commit to it. But maybe Mysterio. Cena, Cena in 08 is probably oh, the best. Cena in 08 is the best. Maybe Mysterio 2018. Yeah. I mean, uh, Haku was cool, but this is not a big deal. Not the same. I mean, Cena, yeah, Cena Edge what was the Edge one. That was cool. 2010. Rob Van Dam, 2009. Yeah. Uh, but this, I thought, was just a perfect use of the guy. He's in there. Just AJ. Oh, yeah. Yeah, AJ's got to be up there. Uh, this was just like under three minutes. You know, he got in there, popped the crowd. Even his elimination was okay because he tries to boot Barrett, but mm -hmm. gets his leg caught on the top rope, and then Barrett, like, kicks him out. To huge heat, too. Yeah. And I like the stare down with the big show, but I did not want to see a match with him in the big show. No. I don't need the big show's neck broken again. No, we've seen it once. Yeah. Um, yeah, so pretty much a perfect use. I'm at a three for presentation. I really I'm with a four. I mean, I thought they presented <laughs> like a big deal. Talking about the 94 Rumble, how he's a major threat, the crowd's going nuts. Like, he felt like a big deal in there. Like, I mean, he comes in late enough, too. They're like, all right, well, if you wanted to do a nostalgia run, like, <laughs> there's worse choices, you know? Of course. Of course there are. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm at a two for work. Uh, yeah, same. Okay. And um, where the hell am I with uh, effectiveness? I'm at a one. I think it did exactly what it was supposed to do, though. Yep. Uh, so that lands Diesel 2011. As 13. I mean, that's Again, pretty crazy. Yeah. It's way higher than you would expect. There's only two 13s. Mm -hmm. Okay. So is he better than Don Morocco, 1988? Yes. He's the top 13. I like it. 
So 13 gives him lands him as the 107th best Royal Rumble appearance of all time. Now, if only he had only come out as Diesel. Mm-hmm. Because his next one is a step behind, and I'm going to guarantee it's because of the drop of the Diesel name. I don't know. He does have the NWO music, which is cool. But not the NWO graphics. No, true. But it's, he gets a huge pop. Yeah, of course he does. He's a Rumble legend. We were there. Well, I was there. You were not there. No, but. next year. Next year. Yeah, I was there. Um, he's a Rumble legend now with all these appearances in his, under his buckle. Um, he looks good. He's got some swagger. He's got his more modern haircut and look. Yeah. Uh, JBL puts him over big on commentary as like a Rumble threat. And he's got some fire as he's slugging away. The crowd's buzzing. He's just got like an amazing Rumble presence. No matter the year, the gimmick. Like he just feels like a star in the Rumble. He... He might be one of the best guys ever in terms of knowing how to look and act like a star. Yeah. Like, and I don't just mean in his wrestling, just in general. Um, he runs over and eliminates Jack Swagger, who's just kind of hanging onto the ropes. So he gets an elimination in this one too. Yeah, which is crazy. And and I like that you mentioned that he puts him over, but he says like, you got to get rid of this guy fast because he could win. Right. Yeah. He's like, do it now because if he gets rolling, forget it. Um, and then he does uh, get stuck with the shield a bit and ends up just kind of standing and watching as Reigns comes in and cleans house. Uh, and then Nash takes a shot at him, but, uh, Reigns ducks and he kind of just falls out. So this felt like more of a traditional legend spot than 2011, where actually he felt like an entrant in that one. Right. Um, but he still had that crowd connection. He added a lot. It's diminishing returns. Yeah. Uh, and it's a notch for Reigns who felt like maybe a potential heir apparent in this match as he starts his ascent of running through a guy. So you mentioned Sean passing the torch in that one. Mm -hmm. Him and Sean, like it almost felt like this could have been like a passing the torch as well as like the big dude who's about to clean house in the rumble and own the rumble and you kick off his big push. Right. By getting rid of Nash. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's like you just said, diminishing returns is the perfect word, but it's still not bad. It's still fine. Uh, I'm at a two for presentation. Uh, I'm one of the three because I mean, all the hype, like JBL really went in to make him feel like a big deal and a threat. Yeah. I think it's just like, I think you were at a four for the last one. I was at a three. Mm-hmm. So again, it's just a step down. Right. Uh, I'm at a zero though for work. I, I did find that he looked a bit sloppy here as much as he knows how to move and act like a star. This is where it was feeling a bit. Uh, I thought his work was a little bit out of place in a room full of athletic guys. I gave him the one just for the. See, uh, I'm at a one though for effectiveness. Good pop, good surprise, and uh, helps Reigns out. And he'll get the elimination. That's right, over Swagger. Uh, that gives him an eight, and eight is his worst score. Mm-hmm. Is that better than Fatu 1994? Um, I don't know. It's kind of a tough one, actually. Hmm. I liked Fatu in '94. Okay, so let's put him below. Ric Flair, 2007. That's Flair at number one. Probably below. Achilles, 89. Mm, Probably below. Yeah. Tornado, 91. We talked about last episode, so below that also. Yeah. Below Owen Hart, 98. Yeah. Below Owen Hart, 93. Yeah. Below Quang, 1994. <coughs> um, it sounds crazy, but I think maybe. Okay, uh, but ahead of Tatanka, 2006. 
Yeah, that's fine. Which is the exact same rationale we used for Quang 1994. That's funny. All right, so that lands Kevin Nash 2014 as the 163rd best Rumble appearance of all time. And for some contacts, that's 163 out of 274. And I'll let you guys know, too, now that um, Kevin Nash was our 89th guy we've covered on this show. Jesus. I know. Our lives are a mess. Uh, Shall we go through our top 10 matches? And what got bumped out of the top 10? You know what i'll mention it because it's such a, a sad lament for me mm-hmm. like getting bop, bumped out of the top 10 now at number 11 and you know what we're going to do a top 11 from now on uh <laughs> sid justice 1992 is gone and it's fitting that he gets bumped out by diesel yeah i think so yeah. all right so number 10 Brett the hitman Hart, 1994 number nine the ultimate warrior 1990 number eight hulk hogan 1990 number seven Shawn michaels 1996 number six the undertaker 2002 Number five, Shawn Michaels, 2007. Number four, the newly minted Diesel, 1994. Jesus Christ. Good showing. Number three, Hulk Hogan, 1989. Number two, Shawn Michaels, 2010. Were you? Did you pause to consider putting Diesel ahead of Hogan? No, I was just leaving a little drama. And uh, a really dramatic one coming, guys. The number one, you know what? I'm going to let you guys guess. So shall we do our competitors? Uh, both of our competitors tonight make the uh, current top 43 guys we've covered. We've, mm. done, we've done 43 guys that have been at least three Royal Rumbles. And uh, both have had an effect on this list in very different ways. Because now in dead last as the 43rd guy, Barton Gunn. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go through our top 10. Uh, a farewell to the top 10 for our friend Jake the Snake Roberts, who is bumped out. Sad. Yep. Uh, number 10, Mr. Perfect. Number 9, the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. Number 8, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Number 7, Big Daddy Cool Diesel. Good spot there. Number 6, The Nature Boy Ric Flair. Number 5, Macho Man Randy Savage. Number 4, Brett the Hitman At. 3, The Undertaker. Number 2, Shawn Michaels. And number one, Hulk Hogan. Uh, just before we jump out, Diesel, four rumbles, uh, 40 minutes, 46 seconds, and 12 eliminations. And I think he's an interesting company here, sandwiched between Flair and Piper. And I think mm-hmm. it feels right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, coming into this project, it would have been an upset to me if he wasn't in the top performances and performers. So, Well, the only thing I could think of, like, because I, I guess I didn't really think about it, but I thought maybe his last two would have right. bumped him just out of the top 10 or whatever because they're not spectacular, right? <clears throat> right. 11 but, ended up being way better than we think. That's it. Yeah, like that was a much higher score. Uh, that's got to be our highest score for surprise entrance, and I don't think that'll change until we get to like an AJ who's in there for like 30 minutes too. Right, Cena, whatever. Yeah, oh, God, that Cena one's going to score. Right? Yep. Okay. All right. So that'll do. We'll be back in two weeks' time with more Royal Rumble fun. We'll also catch us every other Saturday on No Holes Barred. Until then, keep on rumbling.